surprise. It's not Wednesday. It's actually Friday, which means it's the end of the week, which means time is flying by. It is crazy. Anyways, focus cola. That's not the point. But we have a bonus episode today. I got to sit down with French singer and songwriter Ivana. This woman's story is epic. It is absolutely badass. A woman who was saying no to the societal norms, saying no to what everyone else was doing around her. She decided to take control of the pen and be the author of her own life, took the leap, took that plunge and moved all the way to Australia to pursue her passion, which is music. And you, the listener, get to help her out in pursuing her goals and her dreams. So stay tuned. You want to hear this? You want to be a part? Let's just go. Hi, I'm Cola Shippentower, and this is the Enough is Enough podcast, the show where we talk about everything and anything from politics to relationships, from fitness to sex and everything in between. We talk with individuals who have said enough is enough and are ready to speak what's on their hearts. Tell me about yourself. Introduce yourself to our listeners. What what do we need to know about you? Ooh, so much. <laughs> so yeah, Ivana, I'm a French singer. I've been in Australia now for five years. So I moved um, in 2016. Uh, so just after my high school, uh, I, I started. I tried to study a little bit after high school, but um, it wasn't too much for me. Uh, to be in a classroom or amphitheater and listen to a teacher. I I just thought the best way for me to learn about myself and know what to do and study was to travel. So I just started to travel 2016 and I kind of got stuck here in in Australia because I loved it so much. (laughs) It was so good to be here. Um, I discovered a lot about myself as well and that's actually uh, how it brings me to music um, later on. So yeah, five years in Australia already. It's been a long time. I love it though. It's yeah, it's very good. So did you start out like as a child with playing instruments or singing or anything like that? Yeah, so I've always been uh, singing with my family, always music around. I've got uh, from my cousins to uncles and sisters. I've got two sisters and one brother. And um, with my two sisters, we would sing all the time. Uh, My mom always sing as well. Uh, Not professionally, though. So it was always saying my college, the college where I've been, uh, I've done, I've been in the choir for like four years. Uh, so it's always been, I always had my ear around music and doing, uh, I've always been fascinated about second voices and harmonies. That's something that I I've always loved. Uh, so yeah, I just, yeah, that's, that's it. Music always been around. I started to play guitar actually um, a little bit before Australia, but it's more when I started to do my farm works. So in Australia, when you're international, you need to do your farm works to get a second year visa. And uh, I was living in a tent at the time for, for like that time period doing the whole farm works. And I bought my first guitar in Byron Bay. And I was like, oh my God, I need to, like my first guitar in Australia. And I was like, oh, I need to talk myself properly. So I told myself because I had time, I was working on the farm and I was living in my tent and you know, I'm very independent. I like my space as well. So I just taught myself guitar and improved myself there. 
and uh, even more when I start, when I came back from the farmworks in 2000, I think that was 18. Yeah, 18. I started to sing on the streets. So I started busking in the Osra and that was the best decision I ever made. That, that was the, the start of really my, uh, I even quit my job for six months and did um, full-time music, busking on the streets. I was just full on because I could improve myself, but also get my confidence that I didn't have before because I never sing in front of people. And it was just to have those strangers just walking past. It was the best way to do it. Wow. So that's actually really interesting. You're saying that you lived in a, in a tent in Australia? Yes, yes. Uh, so during the farm works, did you, so, you know, you need to really, it's, it's part of the law. You have to, if you want to get your second working holiday visa, you have to uh, work in a farm for 88 days. So obviously you do a little bit more um, to make sure you get your visa. So I've done yeah, 100 days um, and I was living in a tent. No, the whole time I was on and off. It depends which farm I was doing because uh, every time I would go from farm to farm, the season would finish and I would have to start another one. And um, the one in Baron Bay, I lived, no, that was the one. Yeah, in, actually next to uh, Melbourne, I was in a tent, Yara, Yara Valley. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> That, that is really interesting. So is that for anyone that's coming into Australia that wants to get like their visa, they have to work this 88 days on a farm? Yes. So the first visa is free. So it's like $500. You can stay for one year. But during this first year, if you're thinking during the year, you want to stay another year after, you have to get ready and get those days done in your first year. So if you want your second working holiday visa, uh, you have to do your farm works for three months. And I think now there's an option of doing a third one, but do six months in a farm, So, which I would never do again. <laughs> it was super hard and, and mentally really, really unfair, to be honest. Like there was very hard work condition, which usually I'm a hard worker anyway. I would I would work really hard and do whatever to, to get to where I want to go. But... Um, and that's why I've done it. But now if I have to do it again, I would not. It was, I had to, you know, call fair works and just, there was real issues around it. That's so crazy. So it's almost like the, the whole country is kind of putting you through the ringer of like, do you really want to be here? Do you really <laughs> want to become a citizen of our country? Exactly. Well, and at the time, um, so obviously it was very hard, but at the same time I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Um, when I'm going to be done with it, I'll be like, I fucking deserve it. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Um, so no, I was, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of, you know, I, I've done it now. I deserve to be here. Um, and I've been here for five years. So, so every year has been a, a real challenge. That's so cool. So when you're living in this tent, is it kind of like your own tent? You kind of just pitch it you're there on your own or is it kind of like a like almost like a camp where other people that are working towards their visa are yeah. also staying uh other people were around so we were we were not a big uh, staff at this place we were uh we were 10 i think uh i didn't um the staff the uh, the staff so the people working we were internationals or australian um 
I didn't get along with them at all, actually. But the owners and my boss, they were adorable. Like the those one at this farm where I was living in a tent in Yarra Valley, they were she was amazing. She would be like so lovely. Um, but yeah, no, the people I was I was working with every day and it was oh, I, I I couldn't get along. The, it, I, I don't know why. I just it wasn't the best um, vibe. I'm a very positive person, so I need to have positive vibe around me. And those people would be like, so I was starting to do the guitar, for example, and play and stuff, and and they would not be positive about that. I was like, oh, never, you know, reaching for more, which I am a person reaching for more every time. So it it was very hard to be around them. Um, but no, the, the staff there, the boss and the owner, they helped me so much and they, I'm still like, I still talk to them sometimes. So yeah, no, no, pretty good. It was, it was a pretty, it was balanced, you know, there was some plus and some minus, never full, like never good or never bad. It was balanced of that. I totally get it. So it kind of really goes into this whole saying of like, you may not be for everyone which I have to remind myself on a daily basis uh, with my own personality. And I, and I can feel your energy. I can feel your vibes. I feel like I'm pretty good about reading people and you do seem really, really positive and optimistic. And you just kind of have this light, bright personality to you. So sometimes for people, that's really hard to accept. And I know that for people, when I come into a room, they're like, well, you're just really strong and aggressive. I'm like, well, I really like passionate, but strong and aggressive works too. And sometimes people don't like it. Some people are receptive of it. So of course that kind of plays into everything um, that you're talking about. I find it really interesting that you were really starting to find this place with your music while in this sort of work environment. So Mm -hmm. tell me what like your day would look like between doing the farm work and then with your music, how did that kind of just start to intertwine together? Yeah. So literally it was, uh, when I feel so far away, you know, it's kind of something I I always wanted to forget about because it was probably the worst time of in Australia for me. It was my worst time because all the other time I just wanted to do something good. So my typical day would be just like literally waking up very early, working. Sometimes we would have like crazy shift. Like the, my, the farm work, the farm I've done in Byron Bay, uh, we would do 16 hours in a row, you know, 16. And then and you just go back to your tent and you just like, for me, or not even in my tent, I would just, it was in the countryside. So I would just go far away in the middle of nowhere, be around kangaroos. Or, <laughs> and I would just, I would just, yeah, sing and talk, talk myself guitar. I would have my little phone and just try to learn the chords and stuff or YouTube videos. And, uh, but yeah, that, that, I think that's what saved me a little bit music um, in that environment. And from there, I just, yeah, um, it saved me also just in general in Australia because my only way for me to stay in Australia after those farm works. So I had my second year holiday visa. And then after the second year holiday visa, the only way for me was to I'll get a sponsorship, which I couldn't really because I didn't study back home um, and all study. So I decided to study and because I discovered myself this big passion about music but like also um the fact that in France I could never uh, imagine as being a singer you know for me it wasn't an option for you in France it, it was like you study you um you study you get your diploma you get somewhere but music wasn't an option 
So here I was like, yeah, this is something I can actually do. And I saw, I remember just walking through this, the city in Melbourne and see all those buskers and, and just having that as their full-time job and this passion of just sharing people and sitting in front of strangers. And it's like, literally, I want to do that. So I decided to stay again in Australia and study. So, and the only thing I wanted to study was music. So I pick a music school and I started to study for two years um, um, music. And that was the, the point also of like all the start of my gigs and um yeah, I've done. I've been able to do like big gigs, like the Australian Open tennis, uh, the Grand Prix. Um, I'm doing the big, um, same like MCG. All those those big events. Uh, they've been contacting me from sitting on the streets, from busking. So it's been a bit building up like this. I loved it. Oh, wow! Congratulations. I mean, that's huge. Like you're going from, like you just said, essentially self-taught looking at things on your phone which is amazing nowadays with the technology is so sophisticated where we can literally google and youtube almost everything but you're combining the resources that you had available to you with your passion and creating your music and i want to touch on this a little bit because this is this is a probably a differences in culture and with our countries being different you you call it baskers uh busking Basking. Basking. So B-U-S-K-I-N-G. So it's singing on the streets and you can, you know, like just make money, uh, cash from people just giving. Uh, wow. So this would be like the U.S. equivalent to like panhandling where we have a lot of people that play music and they are in usually bigger cities. Eastern Oregon, we're very small. We don't have a whole lot of this, but you go to like Portland or Seattle and that's mm-hmm. where a lot of the bigger crowds are and they'll literally just sit there on the sidewalk and they'll play their music and people will kind of just come by and give them change and things like that but that's so that's the thing you know I was talking about in France for me I would have never ever thought I could do that and um that's how I met my friends uh I missed that so Yann and Joseph um because and they're actually the one that that give me motivation I was that was the first buskers I met and I was like oh my god after my farm works uh, I want to do the same. Like if if I can get that level of being able to sing on the streets for people. And in France, you if you do that, if you see people, I mean, for me, and people judge a lot and that would be in Paris and people would judge and be like, oh, like get, get a job, you know? <laughs> like there would be more like this. And for me to see those people having... Uh, this opportunity to do that and not being judged. It's its a real lifestyle here to have those buskers in, in the city. If you go in Melbourne, this is a huge thing. You have to get a permit. Uh, you have to, uh, some streets you have to to have an, like a, go through an audition. Uh, it's a real thing to be a busker in Melbourne. So I love this idea of making music part of the city environment. It's very interesting. That is so cool to hear that. It's it's very different. And that's what I love about being able to have these conversations like this because it provides a whole different perspective. Whereas someone like me, truly ignorant to other cultures, if I were to go to another country and see people playing on the side of the street, I'd be like, oh, they're probably really trying to feed their family sort of thing. But you're telling me this is like a whole... culture this is work this is like where you start at and you got to get the permits you got to go through different organizations to be able to get to this high level of playing so I absolutely commend you this is 
beautiful and amazing work that you're doing. And then being able to share it with other people to provide this perspective. Cause I know I have a, a fairly large audience that does travel. So a lot of people go to different countries and they probably didn't know this when they were going to other yeah, places no. until, they, until they talk to someone. Sam, I didn't know about that. Um, like about this thing in Australia, I just discovered just, um, actually started to skateboard at the same time. I love, I'm a skateboarder. I love skateboarding. So I would, the first year I started in Australia as well. Um, I, I would go around and then I would spend hours, the hours just listening to people singing on the streets because uh, I was au pair at the start, at the start in Australia. So I would start, um, to look after kids at the start and live with the family. So for me, I had a lot of spare time around it as well. And uh, that's how I started. But yeah, it's it's definitely a way to to make money. I, I, I've been able to quit my job. That's how good it is here. You know what I mean? I, it was just like people were supporting you. It's not only you sharing and feeling good about it. It's also people receive that and um, considers that as they, they loved it. They loved it. So they would have lunch break in the city, people working in the city or lunch break or people going shopping and they just stop and um, listen to you for even if it's 10 minutes or one song or one hour. So I miss it, to be honest. I stopped for a, like I've been stopping, obviously, with Corona. We, we were not allowed to do it. Um, it's slowly coming back, but it's not as much. And I miss that vibe. I think one of my favorite parts of your story so far has been because all too often we as people are limiting ourselves by societal norms. We're so used to people telling us, no, you can't do that. Don't be too loud. Don't be too big. Don't be too bright. And like you said, when you're in Paris, it, it would have been unthought of for you to be doing this type of work. You were supposed to go to school, get your education, get your degree, and then go on to a nine to five kind of job. But you're, you took yeah. the steps, the really bold, brave steps of saying no this is what my heart is calling me to do and I'm going to do it. So was it solely your music that pulled you to Australia or was there something else playing there too? No. So, so you're right. This is, this always been my ambition on doing better. And because I, I couldn't see myself getting somewhere where I would feel like, um, also I would be enjoying my work or enjoying studying or enjoying something. I, that's why I always wanted more. And um, for example, what would I study? Like, what do I want to study? Also, if I want to study, you know, you need to, even if there's free school in France, um, which we are very lucky, you have to, like for me, I would never ask my parents, or I've always been very independent. You know, I had my apartments very young. Uh, even when I was in high school, I had my apartment, uh, I was living with my sister when I was 15. And then, uh, I had my apartment at 16. So very early I was independent and living by myself. Uh, and and you just learn how to want some more. And and this, um, I want to say like, uh, this motivation always been in the middle of me. I was like, I want to get somewhere. My best friend was like, okay, I want to be a doctor. So I'm going to study medicine. The other friend, she wanted to be a lawyer. She went straight to law. They all had this path and I was like, I was scared because in France, you know, they tell you, you have to do that to get somewhere. So I was like, oh my God, if I'm not doing something, I'm not going to get anywhere. So I had this fear of not getting somewhere and lose my time. That, that's always something uh, I was, I'm 
being scared about losing my time, which we shouldn't, you know, like we've got plenty of time, but every day I want to make it like if it was, you know, if it's the last one for me. So I just, yeah, I, I was like, okay, my friends are doing this. The only way for me to, I think, grow and learn is to go and travel. Uh, so the fact that I picked Australia was very random, uh, to be honest. It was just like, okay, uh, I have a few solutions I could have gone to, London, but it was so close to home that I wanted to challenge myself on going the more, the farthest from my family. I'm very close to my family. I've got a big family and, and to go away was the challenge for me to, you know, if I would have been scared for one second in Australia, I can't go back so easily because it's expensive. And so, yeah, that was my motivation to just, yeah, do it. That's so cool. And I mean, our listeners can't see it yet until I start really tagging you and putting you on social media and everything for even our listeners here in the U.S. But when I came across your social media page, there's this obvious connection and love for music, but is there modeling in there too? That's what I felt like I was seeing. A modeling, like you mean someone that inspired me? Like, um... It was a lot of your, you know, it's really hard to tell now because social media and photography is so readily available to everyone. If you have a really good iPhone, you could take some really awesome pictures. Yeah. Everybody uses filters, but it's, our listeners can't see you yet, but I will say you are absolutely gorgeous. You are beautiful. And some of your pictures are really, really stunning. So I didn't know if maybe that was just your own personal work with art on your phone or oh, have you done yeah. modeling? No, I no, no, no. Um, yeah, th- this is funny. I've never had this before. <laughs> uh, model. Uh, I actually, so that's funny. That's when I was starting to study. So before my Instagram was just literally just traveling and just picture of a mix of, there was not much picture of me at the start. And um, I just realized that all the people that were getting somewhere on Instagram, get there a bit like um, social network would have really a good feed on Instagram. And which is terrible. Like I wish we could just not be all on social, social and stuff, but it helps as well. And we have to be honest, like for me, it's been huge. I'm getting so many gigs just from my Instagram. So, um, and I think when I started to study, uh, that's when I put music first. So I was like, okay, I worked at this cafe for four years. I've still worked now uh, at this cafe. And, um, I I was like music, I want to do it. So I need to invest. So I invest, in a computer, a very good computer, music, um, softwares. Uh, I had uh, invested in my phone, which this one, like, literally helped me so much. That that was my first good phone. Like, I never had good phones. Uh, I never had the money to pay for it. And I was like, okay, this is my business. This is what I want to do. So if I want to get somewhere, I need to invest. So I invest in this one and it saved me. And if you, yeah, for people that, don't know what I look like, but also that don't know me much. Um, it's funny because people that knows me here, they know that I take videos of everything, every time, all the time. So I would try to get content everywhere I go, um, which can be annoying for people. And uh, it's just, I'm used to now. I just love uh, being able to go back in time and just remember where I was with who, because I don't have a journal. Um, uh, I'm actually dyslexic, which is, weird for it's a fun fact probably about me um 
I, because I'm, I'm a songwriter, so I, I write and stuff, but school always been very hard for me. So to be organized and write and stuff. Uh, so for me, videos and pictures always been the way to, to keep a memory, you know, of something. And especially the last five years in Australia, which I've been through so many crazy things. Like I met so many amazing artists and that's things that I want to remember, you know? So for me, I've got this energy that I want to keep in memories and videos are the best. That's so cool. And that's so interesting, the dyslexia and being able to do the songwriting and all of that. And what you said is really, really important. I think for some people, when they're trying to get somewhere, whether it be like music or art or fitness or education or anything, all too often we're sitting here wanting to hold back on investing in ourselves. And I think sometimes people take that for granted. If if you have the money, it's really important that you kind of be strategic about where you're going to invest your money. And like you said, once you started investing in a really good computer or a really good phone, then you saw these things coming back to you. Like you started seeing that, that investment ratio coming back to you of like getting a really good phone. Then you started getting these gigs because your, your social media was picking up a little bit more. So that's really, really important. I think our listeners can really li- like learn something from that. And so before, before we arranged our, our recording session, I did some, some diving and I started looking into it and I found your music on Spotify and I was listening to your one song called, um, June. So I don't know if it's, if it's like, I I was trying to make sure I'm like, is it June or is this a French word for something else? Because it is in (laughs) French. And it's beautiful. And I have to tell our listeners, like your, your music, your tone, your voice, just the the way everything plays together. This is like the ultimate journaling music. I mean, you tell me to make a playlist for a workout, super easy. I can do that perfectly. But if you're going to tell me like, try to find some good music to kind of help people's mood to just chill and relax and feel light and airy and just good about themselves. That's a little harder. But then once I heard this, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is like the music <laughs> you want playing vibe. in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole vibe. So what is, what is June about? Yes. Yeah, so um, the start, that, that's the first song I ever wrote. Like I didn't even write something before. I never thought I could. Um, what happened is not June 2020. So not during the lockdown in Australia, but June 2019, I was studying in Australia. Obviously, it costed me. It cost me a lot to study here, right? Uh, so, um, I had this thing happening to me that was very sad. I lost my cousin in June 2019. She had this heart attack, which was, um, you know, she had medical. Um, story as well but it was unbelievable she was 20 years old so very young and I was here in Australia stuck I couldn't go back home financially it was financially impossible um, because my school costed me so much money and I was already struggling to pay for it and stay here Um, so I was in that space of I had to you know also this time difference with friends I had to um, I had the bad news during night time, so I couldn't sleep all night. And then I had to go to school the next day. But when I had to go to school, that's when they all in France went to bed and I had no news. So I was very, I was very sad. I was crying and it was a very hard time for me. 
but the only way for me was to get into music. So I went to school straight away. I was like, you know what, let's just go. Let's try to, because I had no solution. I couldn't have any news anyways, because they were, they were all sleeping in France. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do uh, my class, normal class. I went to school and my teacher looked at me straight and was like, Ev, you're not staying here. Like you need to, like you look, you look bad. You look like you need some time for yourself. So I just left one, uh, the classroom and I went in one of the studio at school. And um, I don't even play piano. I, I told myself piano as well. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to learn a few chords and stuff. And I just wrote that song in not even 20 minutes. It was like, a, so it's in French, this song, June. Um, the title is in English, but um, because I lost her in June. So that's why the song is for her. I'm, I'm saying goodbye to her. It's kind of a letter that, yeah, I just literally wrote it. I wrote it so fast because it was so natural for me to get it out there. And I realized that actually songwriting is all about, yeah, experience like that. And that's when I started to write more songs after this one. So it was very sudden, you know? But that is absolutely beautiful to honor your friend in such a way that you hold so close to you and just bringing about that connection. And I mean, when I hear the song, like I said, you, you catch a feeling from it. And you mm. can feel the emotion behind it. And the thing is, I don't even know what you're saying. Like, yeah. I don't speak French. I don't understand any of that. But listening to it, it's like, wow, this is coming from someplace. Like, this hits. So um, because I don't speak French and I can't really tell, there's a chorus part to it, of course. Yes. Right? Yeah. Could you could you give our listeners the chorus part of it? Would you be of willing course. to do that? Yeah, bien sûr, of course. <laughs> so it's in French, obviously. So it yeah. goes... Fallait pas partir comme ça. Fallait pas partir comme ça. And so this means you shouldn't have been gone this way. Like you should have lived for much longer, you know. So it's you shouldn't have been gone this way. That's I repeated like four times during the chorus, and just to there was this anger in me and be like, why you're gone now? And also the anger of I was upset with myself. I was like oh, this is not fair, you know, like all my family is there and why am I here and I can't even be with her? Um, yeah, it, it was really hard. So this um, this home, yeah, it was a tough time, but I, I'm, I'm still like glad, you know, they, they had, I wanted to write this thing and, you know, for them to play at the funeral and I wanted to kind of feel like I, I was there for a little bit. So I wrote this thing straight away to be able to, I recorded even like to like the same day uh, I said to my, I went to my, see my little teacher at school and I was like, um, I lost my cousin. I wrote this song. I would like to know if we can get a studio recording studio for tomorrow and record the song. I would like to be able to have the band to actually play and record it together. So we recorded the next day. So then they could play it at the funeral. I just really wanted to feel like I was there. Wow. Just what an amazingly beautiful tribute to your cousin. And mm -hmm. you're right. Like, it's so tough to know someone so young to have already been called home and something that's been really healing for me and a lot of Native American people in our country, if you're not aware, is we lose quite a bit of people. Yes. Way too soon, 
all too often, it seems like, but something that's always helped me when losing someone has always been that the creator called them back home because their spirit was way too big for this place. So I hope some people can find, find comfort in that. But I mean, for you to have written a song for her, that's just so heartfelt. And, you know, you know, she got to hear it in the most best place ever. And she, she caught your message. So it's absolutely beautiful. And I strongly encourage our listeners to go and listen to that song. It is on Spotify and available right now. And I absolutely loved it. I had it on repeat for like an hour this morning because I just, I fell in love with it. So it was amazing. And Ivana, again, I appreciate you so, so much. Is there any last thoughts, anything? Oh, we need to, you need to talk about your crowdfunding. Like let, let our listeners know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I started this crowdfunding already three weeks ago. So I've got, um, 11 days uh, remaining. Uh, I started it because obviously it's been very hard financially to stay here for me, especially during the lockdown. Uh, I've been lucky that I've been able to work still, otherwise I would have been back home. Uh, but it's been tough just to record and do everything. It costs so much money and I'm still paying my school here and the fees are very expensive. So I'm still like, uh, so this crowdfunding is here to help me record my first EP. So my EP has got three more songs to go. I recorded, so the first one, June, and I've got three more songs to go. I've got a music video that I want to do for one of the songs. I've got, you know, advertising around it. I know how much it costs. Like, um, for example, June, the first one, you know, I've done all the work by myself, so I'm an independent artist. And for one song to be able to actually get it to that point, June's been actually a very good release. It costed me $6,000. So it's each song costs a lot of money. And I want, I want this EP to be, you know, to be good. I want my musician to get paid. I want my, the, I want everything because they all been helping me for the first songs and I want to be able to, you know, reward them. And they, they've been amazing. All the rehearsals we've done together. So all this money is going to go to people that help me, but also to, for the future recording, the recording studio, the producer, the mix, the guy that is mixing, Stefan is an amazing guy as well. They all got the part and they deserve to, you know, to get um, a bit of money and also like just to keep going on the work. So if uh, anyone is willing to help, the crowdfunding is up now for the next 11 days and uh, yeah, help out. That would be amazing. Or just even share the words. I know that it's, it's a, you know, financially, it's really hard year for everyone. It's been crazy. So just um, share around. Awesome. We will definitely make sure to include that in the show notes for any of our listeners that want to help and definitely go and listen to Ivana. Thank you again so, so much. This was amazing. And I cannot wait to get to know you even more. Thank you so much. Thanks. Uh, like, I'm so glad we met. We'll call again uh, together <laughs> just to catch up outside of um, work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's been amazing. Thank you for listening to the Enough is Enough podcast. If you would like more information on our host, guests, or podcast episodes, please visit us on Instagram at EIE541. 